Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are doing our Sense and Sensibility 1981 adaptation episodes three through five. Yes, we're going to London. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> surely to be drama filled. I know. I, I do like all this part. I feel like this is like pretty much all of Lucy Steele is in this part. Not that I like Lucy <laughs> Steele, but I... <laughs> you know, I appreciate the drama that she brings and right. <laughs> all of London because the first part is like oh everything's horrible and then they kind of move mm-hmm. and then um, we meet Willoughby so it's like we're in the be- the good stage but then now is when the drama comes back yeah I, I don't know if I'm like misremembering the movie we watched earlier in the podcast but it just feels like there's so much more like drama and like so much more like <laughs> scandal in this adaptation because of where when we start in London, everything is so emotional. And I don't know, maybe this Marianne is maybe a little bit more emotional than Kate Winslet, but <laughs> well, we of, get to see of all of the stuff that builds up to it. I feel like in the Emma Thompson one, they they do skip some of the like yeah. build up because just by nature of having to. Whereas this right. one is like, we have all the time in the world. Let's <laughs> show everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm glad we get to see your I would say your least favorite, your arch nemesis in the Oscar Club, Lucy Steele. <laughs> Maya famously hates Lucy Steele. <laughs> yes. Although I feel like this Lucy Steele is a little she doesn't come across as culpable yeah. as the like other Lucy Steeles that I know of. Or the Lucy Steele in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but I also one. think maybe she's just a better actress because by the end, she's the same old Lucy Steele. So <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that she seems so far like, you know, the perfect candidate for like, oh, poor Lucy. Like she's getting like the shit end of the stick because and she doesn't seem as like conniving or yeah. anything like that. Like I do feel kind of bad for her. But then I remember who Lucy still is. <laughs> <laughs> what this whole game she's playing is. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's always a game. Yeah. <sighs> well, because uh, we pretty much did all the notes the last episode. We don't really have any notes for this one. <laughs> yeah, um, there's really not. I mean, the, everything stays kind of the same. There's maybe like one or two new cast members, but I think everything stays almost exactly the same. Yeah, it's not a very big <laughs> cast to begin with. Right. Did you, having watched a little bit more, have your impressions altered at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say I am enjoying, I feel like what's so like unfortunate, I think, about this adaptation is that the actors don't feel like they're, I feel like episodes one, mainly one, but uh, some of two, they're like getting warmed up. And I feel like by episode five, they're like really in their characters. I'm interested more in watching it. And there's more like, like the dramatics aren't like eye rolly or anything like that. And the confrontations are like kind of fun. And yeah, yeah, I'm liking it more as it goes along. Uh, Yeah. And I, I almost feel like the book kind of like is like that, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're kind of like, getting into the characters and it's all heightened but then you kind of actually the characters become fleshed out and you know you start to yeah. understand them and like them better so i feel like jane austen probably was going through the same thing as she was writing it you know? <laughs> i start off with this kind of idea of caricature characters and where i want them to go but then they come alive as i write them you know right right and i something i did kind of pick up on uh this adaptation is that i I, I think at first I was like a little bit weirded out by the closer 
an age the sisters are, but uh-huh. I kind of like it towards the end of episode five because I do really f- understand and I feel like the kinship between them really takes off. Yeah. Um, especially like that final scene. Oh, yeah. It's definitely more realistic for sisters to have like, you know, especially when you're at the younger ages, you know, you kind of yeah. butt heads and you're just like, you got to have your own identity. But then as you right. get older, you become more like, oh, and then you're, you know, bonded when you're older. <laughs> at least that was my sister's experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm the same with my siblings, but I just really enjoy, I feel like I've gone on a roller coaster with not necessarily with liking Marianne. I think the actress who plays Marianne is really good, but I feel like <laughs> towards the middle, I was like, oh, Marianne, I'll get a I know crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, get she's a grip so over the top. <laughs> um, I, yeah, Mary, I, it was for the fact that you know, in the last episode, I was saying this one you can see more like Eleanor's faults, but that doesn't yeah. make Marianne, you know, <laughs> fault free or anything, like <laughs> right? <that. laughs> yeah, and and I do really like I don't know I feel like towards the end we kind of like it almost is like who's the really the big sister because I feel like a lot of towards the end Marianne is sticking up for Eleanor and kind of like taking charge and I just really liked it and it really made me like them more as like a like as a duo I kind of like yeah awesome (laughs) yeah well I'm glad it's starting to grow on you I was really afraid when we started this podcast I was like I cannot start with the the 80s versions because I don't want to like scare them off from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to alienate, no. I, I think really what it is is like, you know, this can be done maybe a little more dry and like a little bit more like stage play like, but I think the actors really need to bring you in from the beginning and it was kind of hard in this one, but okay. right now they really got me. And it's kind of weird. You don't really see things like this broken up into half hour episodes. Like right. Usually they're like 45 minutes to an hour or even some of the BBC ones I think are like an hour and a half episodes. I mean, the older ones, the newer right. ones definitely are. All right, so should we just go ahead and get into the recap then? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to start with episode three. Um, okay, so last thing was Willoughby leaving in a mysterious fashion. So mm-hmm. we start with Mama. She's concerned because Marianne just won't stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> and Mama thinks that, like, they went to see the aunt and the aunt didn't like her. And Eleanor is like, no, I think that there's something unpleasant going on and I'm like right. well, unpleasant is doing a lot of work in that sentence <laughs> <laughs> they they both want to know if they are engaged because they're like there's no reason for Marianne to be acting like this if they're not engaged I think <laughs> right which seems it seems crazy to think that like especially back then that they would be secretly engaged but then you know Edward yeah and- Lucy. I mean, I know you don't have to be engaged <laughs> to have your heart broken. So, <laughs> right, you're right. Uh, yeah, but no one's willing to ask her, which is crazy. Fault number one, Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Although, to be fair, Eleanor wanted to ask her, and Mama was like, no, we can't ask her. That's rude. <laughs> I'm on Eleanor's side. I'm, she's just like, oh. <laughs> Who cares about formalities and whatever? Like, we need to intrude yeah. in her business. That is our duty as a mother and a sister. Yeah. She's got some differing standards, Eleanor. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. Okay, so Marianne and Eleanor go on a walk. Eleanor is trying to like lift Marianne's spirits and it's not working. (laughs) (laughs) But they see a rider and Marianne thinks it's Willoughby, of course, and runs. Oh, it's Willoughby! But it's Edward. (laughs) It's like, what What made you think it was Willoughby? I don't know, but Edward is just as unlikely of a person to show up, you know, as they're walking along the woods. (laughs) I don't think she's too happy to see him, but... Uh, she's not d- unpleased to see him right but he has come to visit he's coming for the night he didn't send word or anything i assume he's staying in the cottage with them he has tea with them and he's telling them about how he like wants to work in the church but his mom won't let him <laughs> and he admits <laughs> that he's awkward and he just likes regular people more than stuffy rich people <laughs> <laughs> He says, people think I'm rude, but I'm just really not comfortable with nobility and ambition. (laughs) (laughs) Which, can you blame him? (laughs) No. (laughs) Although, you know, the girls were just in the nobility class like two Mm -hmm. weeks ago. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He's like, I want to be like you guys, poor and regular. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. We've always been poor and regular. (laughs) Uh, but he's like, oh, you ladies are too good for me. And he's literally been there for like five minutes. And he's like, my greatest happiness is at this house. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> and basically, uh, Marianne and Mama convince him to stay longer as their guest. And Eleanor is just like, nope, not saying a word. <laughs> <laughs> I will not say anything to her. Yeah. And that's when Marianne spies a lock of hair and... Then she makes an excuse to leave and makes Mama leave with her so that they can leave Eleanor and Edward together alone. And as soon as they are alone together, he makes an excuse and leaves. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, sir. (laughs) Okay, so then we see Edward picking flowers with Mama. And Marianne thinks that the lock of hair is Eleanor's because, like, the color of it is too light to be any of his relatives. Right. And she's like, no, my hair's too dark. That's not it. <laughs> no romantic <laughs> notions in my head. <laughs> and she's like, and plus, I never gave him a lock of hair. Would go through my brushes <laughs> when I wasn't looking at it. Right. I, I, I feel like there was a lack of alarm in uh, <laughs> their, like, slowly working this out if it was her hair or not. Because it's very yeah. <laughs> um, murdery and serial killery to... <laughs> be you know twirling and having a piece of a woman's hair without asking her for it so (laughs) this is a very not good thing (laughs) and we find out that it's lucy's hair but i also wonder why is edward even wearing it is he just like so thinking about her because he got it but like if i got a hair ring from a girl i accidentally was engaged to and didn't really care about was trying to avoid at all possible costs i don't know that right. i would wear that ring <laughs> right and also if you're trying to keep it a secret maybe don't yeah. wear their their hair out in public <laughs> it's just I so weird there was a weird, weird hair obsession. <laughs> yeah i don't get it but y'all do you <laughs> Okay, so I did think it was funny that Marianne is like, oh, did he bribe a maid or whatever? And I'm like, you were the first one to discover that Edward has not a romantic bone in his body. So why would you assume this, Marianne? (laughs) (laughs) Also, the one maid that works for them, (laughs) that they would always know where she is. (laughs) I know. Whatever. And then Sir John comes by with a duck and 
says that they <laughs> are he's expecting visitors mrs jennings daughter and two ladies they may be related to <laughs> the mrs steels <laughs> the miss steels and edwards has a reaction shot which is funny because it's like a really subdued reaction, but the fact that he has a reaction shot at all makes it like seem important. Like, oh, what does Edward think of this? But, right. you know, I feel like in the book, it's kind of real subtle. Like, why would Edward care? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what does he have in this? It's just coincidence that he immediately has to leave town. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Eleanor overhears from the other room that he's like, I gotta go and... You know, she has to, like, compose herself. And he says <laughs> he forgot something he had no right to forget. <laughs> <laughs> to avoid Which, this woman. <laughs> I know, that's what I was like, <laughs> To not be in the same room as Lucy, if possible. <laughs> uh, and then we have a really interesting little scene in this. I mean, it's the, I don't know that the scene is that interesting, but the, the setting is really interesting because it's like an indoor greenhouse kind of a place. We've seen uh -huh. some before, but you just, I wasn't expecting it in this adaptation. Yeah. It's not as opulent as like Emma's or whatever, but. The fishbowls. <laughs> yeah. Or the new Emma because she has that whole greenhouse thing. Oh, right, um, right, right. So, yeah. So we're in, Sir, I think it's at Sir John's house. It really seems fancy though. And I'm excited to meet the Palmers, but not Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> there are no words from Mr. Palmer, at least at first. And Charlotte is cute and giggly. And I'm like, how is Charlotte and Lady Middleton the same? Well, how, how are they sisters? <laughs> how do they come from Mrs. Jennings? <laughs> I, I um, yeah i did not appreciate her giggle that she kept doing because it was very annoying but <laughs> i did kind of like i feel like they really missed the opportunity to have some funny in with mr palmer because i feel like q laurie as him was like perfect oh yeah he was perfect. so good and he was funny but he wasn't mean and i feel like this guy i'm like he is awful <laughs> he is yeah mean and rude <laughs> Yeah, because, like, there's so many tiny little parts like that in Jane Austen, like, especially mm -hmm. male characters who just, like, don't say a word. And you really need someone really good to, like, make it memorable at all. And Hugh Laurie right. was, like, amazing at that part. Yes, he was so good. Okay, so then the Steels, we meet them. They're already playing their parts as babysitters. <laughs> and I love how Mrs. Jennings loves to roast Mr. Palmer, which is the funniest yes. part of Mr. Palmer is that he's constantly being roasted. Right. <laughs> she gets the assignment. Yeah. Okay. But we find out that the Palmers live near Willoughby's estate. Hmm. And Mr. Palmer does say that he thinks it's as vile a place as he's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charlotte just laughs and Marianne leaves the room. <laughs> <laughs> she can't stand it. No. She can't stand any thought of him. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, that's all she thinks about. Right. Later, the steals are introduced and Eleanor, like, kind of comes in hot. Like, she doesn't like them right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, before she knows anything about them. I think it's just her way or whatever, but it's like, mm -hmm. she's kind of rude. <laughs> right. She senses that that's her arch nemesis. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> she, said she, she doesn't know anything about Lucy yet. Already seems to dislike her. <laughs> <laughs> and Anne is all talk of bows. Boom. And Lucy asks if she can call upon Eleanor tomorrow. 
So the next day over tea, Lucy is asking Eleanor about Mrs. Ferris, Mrs. Ferris. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, oh, I wish I could tell you something. And then she just does. (laughs) (laughs) That she basically has been engaged to Edward for four years. That's crazy. She says, I don't think Edward will mind you knowing he thinks of you as a sister. Mm. Hmm. So then they go into the garden. Lucy's like, he never comes to visit. (laughs) (laughs) And she wants Eleanor to tell her what to do. And Eleanor refuses. And she wants to know if he was in low spirits when he came to visit. And whether he had her lock of hair. Which is so weird because I thought... She would have, get, I mean, I guess they still correspond. And she was like, here's yeah. a lock of hair. And he's like, I'm going to visit my friends in this place. I can't come right. to see you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they probably correspond so that he can know where she's at. So he's not there. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. And then she leaves. And I said, I never trust Lucy because she's not trustworthy. But this one seems less manipulative at the start. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she seems more. A little bit more innocent, sort of. (laughs) So later, Lucy and Eleanor dress a doll for Lady Middleton. And (laughs) Lucy wants Eleanor to convince John Dashwood to give Edward the church living at Norlin. And Eleanor's like, I don't think I could convince him of much. (laughs) (laughs) That was Fanny. Yeah. So, okay, this is like, yeah, this is basically where I'm like, Eleanor, this is the start of all of your problems. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't understand why Lucy can break her promise to not tell anyone and tell Eleanor, but then force Eleanor not to tell her sister. And Eleanor is not like, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Even if she says, sure, I won't tell anyone except my sister. <laughs> you know, right. She doesn't even have to say it. But anyway, we'll get to She's it. such a, we'll get to the a lawful person that she's like, you know, even though it's like her sister and Lucy Steele, who she doesn't really like nor care about, she's like, well, she told me I couldn't tell anyone, so I guess I won't. Yeah, I don't think there's really any propriety involved with her telling Marianne the truth. I think the truth is Eleanor just didn't want to tell anyone because she didn't want to have to show feelings in front of another person. And telling someone would force her to have to show feelings. (laughs) That's a good point, yeah. Her not telling anyone causes a lot of problems. So, (laughs) yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Mrs. Jennings invites the girls to London with an eye to getting one of them married. (laughs) Mama is overjoyed to be left alone in the depths of winter. (laughs) Uh, She was like the snow. (laughs) Well, Eleanor's like, we can't leave you alone in the depths of winter. And she's like, I'd be overjoyed. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, please go get married. Yeah. Marianne, of course, is like hopping on sunshine, and Eleanor is just like, objection, objection, objection. <laughs> Marianne says, I would put up with any unpleasantness to go to London, and I shall. <laughs> kind of psychotic way. <laughs> this is where she starts to really slip. Yeah. <laughs> into like a realm of madness. <laughs> yeah. And Eleanor, like, practically rolls her eyes out of her head. <laughs> and that's yes. where we end this episode. <laughs> <laughs> A great ending to that episode. Okay, so on to episode four. <laughs> <laughs> We're in London. Woo. Marianne is already asking if she has a message. <laughs> as soon as <laughs> they get there. They get there. <laughs> is there a message for me? <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. But she gets out a quill and starts writing. She's not eating, and Mrs. Jennings 
is already worried about her. She's like, should I get a doctor? And they do a great job of showing the decline of Marianne throughout this series. Like, yeah. she just, like, looks like death. <laughs> yeah, Especially I was going to say, like, it's the last two. Yeah, you could see it in her eyes. I was like, is she going to die? <laughs> is that something I forgot? <laughs> Marianne does look like she's going to die. <laughs> she looks like she's turning into a vampire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, wait, that's, I even wrote, that was my next comment. Marianne looks dreadful in the evening. She tells Eleanor to leave her alone. <laughs> and the next day, Eleanor is like, Marianne, could you please just make an effort? <laughs> uh, and then the bell rings, and it's Colonel Brandon. And Marianne is Marianne. <laughs> I think she, like, sees him and runs away. Yeah. He, though, is there to find out. Is she engaged to Willoughby? (laughs) (laughs) Just for uh, personal reasons. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like Colonel Brandon is kind of the epitome of the perfect blend of sense and sensibility, you know? Yes. Because he's not willing to, like, let propriety get in the way of learning the information he needs to and wants to learn, but he's still got, like, a sensitive heart. (laughs) Yes, he's the perfect balance. And, oh, uh, yeah, he's like... Yeah, it's generally known that they're engaged. And Eleanor's like, whoa, I didn't realize it was so widely expected. And then he wishes Marianne every imaginable happiness and that Willoughby will endeavor to deserve her. Hmm. (laughs) And Eleanor's like, whoa, (laughs) things are out of control. (laughs) (laughs) She's probably thinking, why is everything that has to do with Marianne so dramatic? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, So at a ball... Oh, later they they go to a ball. Marianne looks like she's going to puke. Yes. <laughs> Eleanor is like over her moods. <laughs> <laughs> she's had enough. <laughs> she has. Robert Ferris is there. And the he worst. doesn't care for his brother because he's not cool enough for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird like thing to just tell like like Sir Middleton, like someone who is clearly like you it's not like you can like misinterpret the kind of person he is yeah (laughs) he clearly got all the snobby genes in the family because we know there are a lot of snobby genes in that family oh yeah (laughs) that family probably had a really decent father because nobody else is decent so edward probably got it from someone (laughs) yeah i would hope so because his mother is the worst yeah so he gets introduced to Eleanor and Marianne. He talks about his friend, Lady Elliot. And I was like, oh, you have snobby Elliot friends? Hmm. <laughs> I know those Elliots. <laughs> I was like, I wonder who those are. I bet it's Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, or maybe it's Mrs. Clay. <laughs> Become <She's>... Mrs. Elliot. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, he's rude. And then he leaves. And then in walks Willoughby. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. it's just like oh here we go yeah right is immediately ready to scream and throw herself into his arms <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous she runs up to him looking like she hasn't slept in a month <laughs> and <laughs> willoughby's all cat got your tongue willoughby <laughs> <laughs> he's like uh 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 what are you doing uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, marianne is like freaking out she's weak Colonel Brandon bundles her up in his arms and takes her home. (laughs) Hero. King. (laughs) So unassuming about it. Like, he just, he's assuming they're going to get married. 
he doesn't even know the story and he's like but I'm still watching out for her at every cost. Yes. <laughs> this is like the most dramatic one. So later that night, Eleanor wakes up to see Marianne writing yet another letter. Ridiculous. <laughs> at breakfast the next morning, Marianne is no longer acknowledging food or speech. <laughs> She's just <laughs> in a zombified state. <laughs> uh, luckily for Mrs. Jennings, it means she can talk about her straight to her face. <laughs> <laughs> Then Marianne gets a letter and runs away. <laughs> and Eleanor is like tells Mrs. Jennings like um the rumors that she's been spreading have not been helpful at all. <laughs> and she runs <laughs> after her sister. <laughs> Keep her mouth shut, lady. Um okay, upstairs though, Eleanor reads the letter, and even Eleanor can show how appalled that she is by this letter. This is where I love Eleanor the most, when she is like, fuck this man. <laughs> me too i like when they're like super sisterly and they're like we're just gonna team up and anyone who's against us is garbage exactly marianne tears i I think i don't know if she tears up the letter she was writing last night or if she tears up the letter she got today i think it's the one she got yeah she tosses it in the fire while weeping and she's like i want to go home (laughs) right now (laughs) (laughs) eleanor is like you're gonna be fine buck up (laughs) (laughs) i didn't really like this scene because when she threw it in the camera pans over casually and it burst into flames and then we have (laughs) the most dramatic music in the world yeah (laughs) i i this whole scene uh, marianne is like you don't know shit about suffering (laughs) (laughs) edward loves you and eleanor swallows back her own tears and tries again and marianne sends her out if she can't deal with some pain And this is where I'm like, Eleanor, tell your sister the truth. <laughs> right. <laughs> Open up. So then Mrs. Jennings comes in. He, she's already got the whole, all of the information. <laughs> she already knows everything. Willoughby found himself a new girl, Miss Gray. She's a rich lady. Mm. <laughs> I like the way she's like, Marianne can get it. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry about this. She will be fine. Yes. (laughs) Colonel B comes in and Mrs. Jennings bustles out. And he's like, well, now that I've heard the whole story, I'm going to lay out some facts for you. And (laughs) he tells her about his ward. He does this very quickly. I'm like, I'm kind of glad we already know this story from past episodes because they don't really explain it very well in this version. But no. His ward, given into his care by a woman he held dear. Last year, she disappeared after being let out unescorted in bath. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I'm like, you can't be let out unescorted in bath or you will get knocked up. (laughs) Which is not true at all, according to Northanger Abbey or Persuasion. Right. (laughs) Anyway, basically, we find out she... It got pregnant by Willoughby. Hmm. I said, I can't believe this is only episode four. <laughs> Feels like <laughs> this happens a lot later in the show. Yeah, and Eliza, the ward, and the kid are doing well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I said, I don't like this whole, I won't tell you Willoughby is a douchebag because I'm afraid you wouldn't believe me. <laughs> They would believe you. (laughs) Yeah, what about this new wife? You don't think she wants to know that she's marrying someone who only cares about her money, who's got a, 
you know, going around town, breaking girls' hearts left and right. Right. Like you should let everyone know so that no one gets ensorcelled by him. But I mean, I guess Me Too just happened like three years ago. So whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if maybe we secretly, I would like to give Colonel Brandon the benefit of the doubt. And maybe she is just this horrible lady who is mean to everyone and she deserves maybe. to have her money stolen from her. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We haven't gotten to the part, but we do find out that supposedly, according to Willoughby, she's the one who writes the horrible letter to Marianne. But I don't trust Willoughby. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, everything about you is a lie. He doesn't take responsibility for anything he does. Anyway, so Colonel Brandon, before he leaves, before uh, John Dashwood shows up. Worst. And he's all like, oh, I'm afraid Marianne's lost her bloom for life, (laughs) aka her marriageability. (laughs) We'll be gone now. That <laughs> was <laughs> so a great, great, great thing to hear from your brother. <laughs> yeah, I say that about everyone in Sense Sensibility. Sense and Sensibility. They're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. And, oh, he is impressed by Colonel Brandon, though. And he wants Eleanor to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's basically there to invite them to dinner. And it takes him a while to get there, though, because he's got to be... He's got to snub up the joint first. (laughs) But that's the end of episode four. (laughs) All right. So episode five. (laughs) I'm back to commenting on the teeter-totter. I said, their dad (laughs) must have made them that (laughs) (laughs) teeter-totter. Well, when I was like doing, uh, looking for like some stuff about this movie, there was one review that I read that was like, the, the uh, a series always opens with the scene of them on the teeter totter, symbolizing the balance of sense and sensibility between the two. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I just yep, like to refer to it, it as the yeah, <laughs> as the the Lynchian sense sensibility opening. Totally, totally. We need to put some Angelo Angelo Bandalametti music behind it. Yes. Bad. Oh, I never say it right. Bellamente. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just say it really fast. Bellamente. <laughs> yeah, and then we could take some of the like the opening credits from this and put the music to some twi- Twin Peaks thing. Mm-hmm. Match perfectly. Oh, I, have to, I have to open my premiere again and see if I can do it. I don't, I don't want to make any promises because it sounds like the kind of thing I will never actually do. But <laughs> I think it, it should be done. <laughs> Putting it out there. <laughs> Okay, so Mrs. Ferris, oh, we meet Mrs. Ferris, and her Ugh. and her daughter look so much like each other. I'm like, wow, they did a great job in casting these yes. two. <laughs> and their demeanor is quite alike as well. I like Lady Middleton in the scene, like, throwing her own elbows, like, my son's taller, <laughs> <laughs> and he has every right to be taller. <laughs> <laughs> and Eleanor sides with the Middletons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. She's As like, you no, your child is short. <laughs> <laughs> Just slightly shorter. <laughs> Mrs. Ferris is not amused. And Robert and Lucy kind of flirt, I guess. As and, best as um, they can. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. But Mrs. Ferris does favor Lucy and Anne to be Fanny's new babysitters. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I do think it's interesting because they're in London, so they brought all the stuff from Norland with them. But right. they brought Eleanor's needlepoint with them. Like, they liked it enough to bring it with them and display it in their house, even though 
they don't like her. But I guess she is family. But I was just like, that's interesting to me that. Yeah. I wonder if it's Even like. Um, seem to like it. Yeah. I wonder if it's like one of those things where she's like, I'm not going to tell Eleanor that I like it, but I'm just <laughs> going to casually place it in the house so that other people will ask me about it. And I'll just be like, I don't remember who made it, but it's great. <laughs> well, I can tell you if I was Eleanor and showed up and saw my needlepoint in their London house, I'd be like, maybe I need to look at them different. Maybe I need to have another conversation with them and see if they're cool. <laughs> Until we reach like five minutes later from this conversation. <laughs> I'm so easily swayed though. All you have to do is yes. be nice to me and compliment me. Bring bring my needlepoint <laughs> with you. <laughs> so there, yeah. So Robert is showing it off, but Mrs. Ferris is not impressed. Yeah. But Fanny thought it was pretty enough, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, though, it doesn't compare to Miss Morton's work. <laughs> and Marianne <laughs> literally steps to Mrs. Ferris. Like, she menacingly steps up behind yes. her and is like, what kind of compliment is that? <laughs> <laughs> I did really enjoy that. Because it, it kind of seems like in this adaptation, they're like, who gives a shit about societal politeness and everything? We're going to be really rude to this bitch of a lady. <laughs> I know, especially with like Marianne with her like death mask on. <laughs> with her yes. Pallor, <laughs> like creeping up behind her. Oh, what yes. kind of compliments are you giving to my sister? <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I think Eleanor is kind of liking being the only one who knows all the truth. Uh, She just has Mm -hmm. this, like, satisfied air about her throughout this whole scene. Like, oh, well, I know the real truth and who really likes who, so I guess you can't (laughs) hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) Then Lucy, the next day, calls on Eleanor basically to, like, show off how nice Mrs. Ferris was with her to her the night before. This is where I really, this is where I'm like, Lucy is the worst. (laughs) Where it really becomes obvious. Yeah. (laughs) Eleanor's like, if you found it flattering, then I'm glad for you. (laughs) (laughs) I I wrote, oh, Lucy, just shut up. She's such a fakey McFakerton. (laughs) (laughs) It is like dripping with fakeness, too. It's not even just like subtle. It's like, oh, all right, girl. And she's like, it's like she has no idea that she's just a free babysitter. Or maybe she's just fine with it. I think she, as long as she... (laughs) (laughs) I think as long as she's adjacent to richness, she is okay. (laughs) So then I just crack up at my own notes. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Oh, then Edward shows up. And he's very kind of like sad and annoyed to see Lucy there. It's like, I have spent so much time trying to avoid you. And you're here of all places. (laughs) My favorite place. And I said, is this the best scene in this adaptation? Because the acting is top notch in this scene. (laughs) It is. I did like the scene a lot. (laughs) There's like so many under the surface things going on. Lucy can't even hear Eleanor and Edward have this like innocuous conversation that they're having without obvious jealousy. Mm-hmm. She's like trying to diss Eleanor. <laughs> I said, duh, girl, he never writes because he doesn't like you anymore. <laughs> right. Did he like you to begin with? Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> and Eleanor's nose could not be higher in the air. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, she has a tendency in general to always be looking down her nose, but <laughs> this scene is like, way high. <laughs> way looking up at the sky basically yeah. uh, then marianne comes in and she's like finally having a happy moment and is totally awkward about how much edward should like eleanor <laughs> and this is why i'm like 
she should already know this. She should already know what's going on at this point. Right. So that she's not making a fool of herself or you. You know, this is not on Marianne in any way. This is on you, Eleanor. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, why weren't you at the party last night? I said, good question, Marianne. (laughs) (laughs) And I wrote, Marianne should already know the truth. (laughs) So she could be putting Lucy in her place and not putting her foot in her mouth. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah, I think it's Eleanor's biggest mistake. Not telling her sister sooner. I said, I'm just repeating everything I've already said, but like, why should you <laughs> promise to Lucy usurp sisterly prerogative? Right. If there's anything we've learned from Austin is that you should always trust your sister. Yeah. And Marianne in this scene outright asks Eleanor, like, right. what's going on? And she doesn't tell her. Come on, Eleanor. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so then we get, um... I like Anne in this version. Of all the versions, this may be my favorite Anne because we just get <laughs> like more of her and she's very funny. Mm-hmm. She's with Fanny <laughs> and uh, I do like Anne more than Lucy. I, I feel sorry for her because as a person who likes to talk and always is like, oh, you didn't know that secret? No. <laughs> <laughs> but Fanny basically shakes the secret out of Anne. Like, literally. <laughs> literally. And then she has the most over-the-top, dramatic scream. This is the worst acting in the whole piece, I think. It is, but then I was like, this is it's right up. <laughs> it's, it's funny, and it's right up Fanny's alley because she's that ridiculous that she's like, my brother with a poor? No! <laughs> I know. I like the way she takes a beat, and then it's like, <gasps> 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 <laughs> and i i thought to myself i was like do i like is ann steel my new favorite character because (laughs) this reaction is the best to provoke this reaction out of fanny is (laughs) yeah especially when you're like so over lucy and you're like Mm -hmm. but and there's another sister dynamic and then she's like just gonna spill the beans maybe she did it on purpose because she's like i'm over you too lucy (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe she's like i want to go somewhere else (laughs) i don't want to be around these people anymore seriously i don't want to babysit (laughs) (laughs) yeah so fanny is like in hysterics uh her husband john comes in she drags him down with her into her hysterics and Anne is like (laughs) shaking like a leaf in the corner and the next thing we see is Mrs. Jennings coming in with the whole story. <laughs> Marianne is shocked, to say the least. And Eleanor is all like, poor Lucy. <laughs> and then later, she admits to having known for four months. I said, you could have told her. Who cares about a promise to Lucy? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, she acquits Edward of all misconduct, but she says she still suffers all the misery of love and none of its joys <laughs> and i love marianne because she goes i would have that woman whipped through the streets <laughs> <laughs> i do really like this marianne because she's so like <laughs> she's like, over the top have that woman whipped through the streets <laughs> right <laughs> she's so over the top in like some of the worst ways but then also some of the best ways like just that comment alone solidifies yeah. her as like the best. Yeah. And then we get another letter. Brother John must see them all at once. <laughs> Apparently, because they're all Dashwoods, they have to get their story straight. And he is very pleased to report that Edward has been cut off by his mother and Robert will get the whole estate. And he's like, now you have to pretend that Edward is dead. <laughs> and Eleanor says, <laughs> 
fuck no, we're leaving here in two days and we don't need to bother with you anymore. Right. <laughs> or no, you don't need to bother with us anymore. Right, which clearly the uh, it's really the other way around because this whole time where he's asking them to do something for them and I was like, this is what you get for not supporting them. This is why you're a bad villain. Because if you had supported them, you could have manipulated them. But yeah. because you're a piece of garbage and an idiot, you lost you them. Have and nothing to hold over exactly. their heads. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And he tries that like last little bit where he's like, but I'm your brother. And they're like, uh, are you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who right. are you again? <laughs> you're a brother who we barely ever saw and couldn't bother to fulfill your final promise to our father so exactly (laughs) goodbye we're gone no need to worry about us (laughs) right (laughs) and that is the end of this section what an ending what an ending i know we got through it pretty quickly i was um, afraid (laughs) 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 whoops Uh... i was trying to write shorter recaps but as i was writing them i was like i feel like these are the same length as they normally are (laughs) Well, they don't ever feel long to me, so. Oh, well, (laughs) I think I'm just self-conscious. Right. Well, you also do most of the talking, so they might feel really long to you, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm trying to make them shorter, because I'm like, I don't want to be talking over Christian. (laughs) Sometimes I'm editing, I'm like, (laughs) I feel like I just missed what he just said. (laughs) No, no, you're you're fine. (laughs) Uh, All right, well, oh, a favorite part. Yes, well, mine... I knew from the minute I saw it, it was that final <laughs> scene that we just talked about where they essentially tell <laughs> their brother to go fuck himself. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I just really liked the buildup to it because it doesn't seem like, you know, out of nowhere. It just, we kind of see the progress of them getting to this point where they're like, we hate everyone. Everyone is garbage <laughs> around us. We only need sisters and our mom. That's it. Yes, yes. I I do love that scene. I'll go with the which the one in this adaptation that I think was like the best acted one, which was the Lucy Edward Eleanor scene, which yes, is just so awkward and weird where like everybody has a different set of facts in their heads and they're mm-hmm. all like <laughs> right. It's a really well done scene. <laughs> you have the two most awkward people in the same room, Eleanor and yeah. And I'll give them a special honorable mention to Marianne's makeup throughout this entire yeah decline. She looked, <laughs> she looked horrible in the best way. <laughs> yeah, they really did a great job, and I can't wait to get to the next two parts because it's some of the most satisfying parts. <laughs> I'm excited. And you get to see the mystery scene you haven't seen yet. (laughs) Right, I keep forgetting. I'm so excited. Me too. (laughs) Okay. Oh, deep dive. I mean, not deep dive, uh, sorting. Sorting. Sorting sorting dive, sort of. (laughs) Yeah. So we did John Dashwood last time. Uh, I was thinking maybe we could do Anne Steele. Okay, okay. Since this is like probably her best adaptation, I would say. And this is like her best moment. (laughs) Yeah, I like her a lot in this one. Hmm. Okay, so do we want to start with elements? Like, is she an earth, air, fire, water person? I kind She's of a talker. Get... What were you going to say? Go ahead. Uh, well, just because of the fact that she talks so much, I would just immediately go with Gemini because it's <laughs> uh, the most talkative of all the signs. And 
Yeah, because I would think air, maybe. Um, That's exactly what I was going to say. Okay, perfect. Perfect. And Gemini's like mutable, so it's kind of like, what? (laughs) Right. You can talk to anybody, but. Right. I like also the duality of Gemini where she maybe she, because I feel like she has like a different side to her when she's around Lucy because Lucy is in charge and blah, blah, blah. But then like when she's by herself, she kind of comes out of her shell and has this other side to her that is like kind of, not that she's like awful with Lucy, but she just is more, I guess you could say like, likable as herself yeah i like the way she's always like oh bows and do you have any bows? yes <laughs> you know, she's not like all dire about it like lucy <laughs> right i feel like she's like the fun friend who you like she like wants all like the relationship gossip but like none of the bad gossip only the fun good guy <laughs> yeah she's like a little miss mrs jennings in the making yeah and and looks I, a lot like her <laughs> yeah i wonder if anybody's done a you know spinoff of her because hmm. i feel like people hmm. do spinoffs of all the different characters but she's such a yeah. small like random character that i just don't know if anyone would have but if you know of any spinoffs let us know because i'm interested to see like what kind of story would somebody write about her course she's gonna find love if you're gonna write a story about her but (laughs) i feel like in a way she really reminds me of her and lucy both remind me of the stepsisters in cinderella just not as like (laughs) cartoonishly evil but i guess because i always think about like cinderella too i don't know if anyone's ever seen it but (laughs) it's like when the stepsisters like each sort of like find love it's really mainly about the one with the orange hair and she meets a baker because she's like i like bread and i like to eat and he makes bread <laughs> and so they fall in love and so that That's to me nice. is very Anne, where she's like i'm finally separated from you know this person that i'm always with and i want yeah. that story yeah i wonder when well i won't speculate because this is talking about stuff that happens at the end so maybe we could go back to Anne but like (laughs) yeah because I was just thinking like what ultimately happens with Lucy Mm -hmm. what where does that leave Anne but Hmm. maybe when we get to the end of the next episode we'll just speculate on what happens to all the characters because we don't get the wrap-up in this one so much a little Mm -hmm. bit but like not the book wrap-up you know, my favorite Not of all, like all the wrap-ups <laughs> is this book's wrap-up. <laughs> okay, so uh, what else? About D&D? Yeah, I would say... Chaotic. I would say, yeah, chaotic good, I think, which is such a weird uh, combination. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Chaotic good. Because <laughs> <laughs> her talking gets her in trouble, but she always has the best intentions. Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Jesus, we are. And she's, if we're going to do sorting houses for Harry Potter, she's definitely a Hufflepuff, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. Although I kind of could see her be a, like a Gryffindor. I don't know. There's something yeah. kind of fiery about her, like, you know, Gryffindorish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She gives me Neville Longbottom vibes a little bit, where she's like, yeah. good intentions, but maybe he's a little goofy. She'll get her yeah. footing. Yeah. Lucy can go straight to Slytherin. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she's definitely a Slytherin. (laughs) Uh, That's my bias. (laughs) (laughs) I will say she is your least favorite. Yeah. Okay, well, do we have any final thoughts on this section? I really like this section. I feel like we got a lot more comedy and maybe, I don't know if maybe this part of the book, and I guess we can see when we get to it, but maybe this is, a part of the book where it's like more easily understood and we don't have that heaviness of the beginning. So it's easier to bring out the comedy, but I really enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think this one really focuses on like 
bad bits you know like yeah, they're there yeah. but they're just kind of like part of the story it's not like dun 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 horrible right, things right. everywhere <laughs> so you can kind of the comedy can kind of shine through a little bit yes. more even if it's not like the most polished comedy in the world but... <laughs> it gets its job done yeah but i mean it's just so inherently funny underneath just because of jane austen and they're not trying to reinvent the wheel in this adaptation they're trying to stay as close as they can so yeah i think these are i mean i really love the next section too because i love the whole marianne sickness thing that we get Mm -hmm. in the next section but i this is my favorite probably my favorite part of the book it's <laughs> just like even though you know i hate lucy Steele, but i love the story of lucy Steele. <laughs> <The> drama <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if she's good um, if she's not good for one thing it's drama yeah and i think this is the last we see of her so <laughs> this is kind of like perfect <laughs> i mean we hear about her but yeah this is all lucy Steele, all london all all the drama <laughs> and yeah. now we basically just have the wrap-up although there is more drama to come but it's like a different kind of drama so right i'm excited Ever to go to london part. yeah yeah oh yeah too. london do we i guess uh jane goes to london and pride and prejudice but i was just wondering <sighs> are any of the good. books really set in london at all and i don't think any of them they mm. really go to london where we we don't spend time as an audience with them right london. right i just it always i feel like a lot of her <laughs> her works are like uh, just stay in the country don't go to London. Maybe go to Bath, <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, this is the only one where they go to London and all the drama happens here. Right. <laughs> it seems like the worst time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be dragged along to London if you're <laughs> the objects <laughs> of your affection affection are unresponsive. Yeah, strolling around. <laughs> At least in Bath, you know you're gonna run into them all the time, regardless. <laughs> right. At least in Bath, you can always go to a spa and relax and unwind yes. after a stressful day worrying yeah. about it. Go to the rooms and take the waters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we have recommendations. Um, I don't think I've recommended this. I can go first if you'd like. Okay. Okay. Well, my recommendation for today is going to be music-based. It is going to be the new album from Slater. That's with three Ys. And it's called Troubled Paradise. And Slater is this kind of, I like to call it hyper-pop. Um, it's like this like section of pop that is kind of like really reliant on like electronic and kind of a little bit chaotic. I would say like artists, artists like Charlie XCX and just a lot like Kim Petras, Free Runway, those kind of artists that maybe I've even recommended here before. They just have a very specific kind of sound, but it falls under that pop realm. But Slater put out this album, I want to say maybe at the most two months ago. And it's so good. And it keeps growing on me the more and more I listen to it. I would say my favorite track keeps changing. Right now it's Cowboys, but it could change within (laughs) the next week. But it's really good. And (laughs) she just has this very certain aesthetic that I really like. So give it a like. uh, Give it a listen if you like um, Hyperpop. (laughs) I'll have to check it out. Okay. Well, honestly, (laughs) I've I've already recommended the things that I've enjoyed recently and 
I guess I have this one on my list that's been on there for a long time. And since we have talked a lot about music and uh-huh. you just recommended music, I'll recommend one of my favorite, like, to play in the background. It makes a great, if you want to set something to music, <laughs> mm-hmm. it makes a great um, companion for that. Ema Sumac. Are you familiar with her? No. How do you spell it? It's Y-M-A-S-U-M-A-C. A lot of people think that it's actually like Amy Camus spelled backwards, but she has like she does like tiki lounge kind of music and she's got like this great range that goes from really high to really low and she does all this like and the music is just so fun to listen to and yeah if you like ever need to set something to music it is a great choice because it's just like a fun yeah i I love always put her on in the background or you know if you just like (laughs) I need a great, like, fun vibe for whatever's happening right now. That's so cool. Yeah, I um, I did, like, a quick Apple Music search, and she's Peruvian, so I was like, because I, my, the um, sumac is, like, a very, I think it's, like, a Middle Eastern spice. It's, like, a smoky, uh-huh. smoky lemony that I'm really liking right now. <laughs> so I thought she'd be, like, Middle Eastern singer, but she's Peruvian, and <laughs> just her quick little bio Four octave range, said to have been a descendant of Incan kings and Incan princess. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am definitely going to listen to this. It sounds yeah. so cool. There is definitely some speculation that she's not what she says she is. But right. she, definitely, she does have the range. She does sing great stuff, you know. And who knows, maybe she is an Incan princess. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, we can't be sure anymore, but. Right. Yeah, definitely recommend any of her albums i can't even let me should i recommend a specific one hold on let me look sure yeah like what's your what's your favorite because um there's it seems like quite a bit yeah there's definitely a lot mambo is probably my favorite mambo exclamation point from 1954 (laughs) i'm gonna add that because that looks awesome yeah i think you'll enjoy it (laughs) yeah all right so let's see. Next week, we are doing the conclusion of Sense and Sensibility 1981. We hope that some of you guys followed us along through all of the episodes. <laughs> I've noticed a lot of times we get like way more for the first episode in a series than we do for the rest. But that's, I guess, to be expected. People just try it out and they're like, eh, don't like these people. <laughs> <laughs> I will say for this series... The first episode is a little bit harder to get through, but I will say it's worth it to get through these last few episodes. Yeah. Just to get to it because it does get a lot better. Yeah. And so I give feel it a like shot. if you're like a Jane Austen lover, then you're going to want to watch all the adaptations and compare them and contrast them in your head. Yeah. And I was thinking maybe next episode at the end, we can like do a little bit of compare and contrast with the Emma Thompson one. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because that's what we've seen so far. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If you can remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember something. It's very, it's one of those ones that leaves a, an impression on you because it's yeah. classic. Well, and it's one of Josh's favorites. So if you have any desire right. to watch it for the next <laughs> days, I'm sure he will be happy to. <laughs> oh, for sure. All right. And if you would like to, I, I don't know if I asked this the last time, but I was thinking if you, or maybe I did, I don't know. If you got this collection at some point, if it sparked your personal love for Jane Austen, like, it did for me. I'd love to hear about that. Like, how does this one factor into your watching of Jane Austen? Where you're like, mm-hmm. whoa, a whole collection. You're like, oh, dear. <laughs> <Or> you're <laughs> like, Hooray. <laughs> Things I've never seen before. 
<laughs> Definitely interested in in hearing all of that. So yeah, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersandmadnesspod. Or you can leave a one-minute voicemail on our website at mannersandmadness.com. Yes. And you could donate to us on that website as well. And we would love it if you would give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Because I think that's the only place you can rate and review. And it would definitely help (laughs) more people find our podcast. So we would really appreciate it. And we will see you next week. Or I always say see you. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) I always do it too. I think of a couple other podcasts. I think Lost Culturations calls their listeners viewers. They call them them readers because they always say. (laughs) But yeah, they know what you mean. They know what you mean. Watch us with your ears next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you for listening. Yes. Good night. Bye. So it's rare that you get like half an hour Jane Austen episode. Right. Where did this come from? What is that? I just found some toilet paper stuff in by my printer. I don't know where <laughs> like it came from. Cooper, the ghost dog bring it in. Maybe. I'm going to give it to Cooper to t- tear up. <laughs> <laughs>